0: You're listening to the Faith Matters Podcast with Steve McKinley. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, I have to start off with a correction from last week. Um, Last week, I had discussed uh, the theories of uh, Jesus' descent into hell while his body was in the grave. And I tried to lay out the various uh, historical positions on that. And I had said that the Catholic Church taught that Jesus went into hell in order to pay off Satan as a ransom. And uh, that was, in fact, wrong, and in fact, uh, since then I've read quotes where uh, the Catholic Church has uh, explicitly denied that, so I do apologize for that error, and I thank you for those of you who pointed that out to me. Um, and I did try to lay out the case that uh, Jesus descended into hell while his body was in the grave, and he, while he was there he preached victory to the demons, and also he led captivity captive. He led... Uh, those Old Testament saints who were in paradise, out of Hades, the place of the the abode of the dead, and uh, led them up to heaven. And uh, many people uh, will disagree, people disagree about that, and that's okay. Uh, We're not told these things in absolute terms in Scripture, and so we can't be too dogmatic about these things. But this week I kind of wanted to continue that theme and ask a further question, where is Jesus right now? And wherever we find him, what is he doing there? And I think most people would know that uh, Jesus is in heaven right now. At least people who believe in Jesus and who believe the Bible, we understand that Jesus is in heaven. In fact, that is where he is right now. But what is he doing there? Is he coming back? Why has it been so long? And I want to shed a little bit of light on that for you out of John chapter 14. And here in John chapter 14, Jesus is preparing his disciples for what is to come. They have hard days ahead of them, and uh, Jesus is just wrapping up his earthly ministry. He's getting ready to go and die on the cross. Jesus knows he's going to die, but his disciples don't yet know that. But Jesus is simply warning them. He's saying, I'm going to leave. Uh, but I'm not going to leave you alone. And so he has some comforting words for the disciples here that shed light on what Jesus is doing right now. And he says in verse 1 of John chapter 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Thomas is saying, we don't know where you're going, would you please speak plainly to us? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. If ye had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth you know him and have seen him. And then one of the other disciples pipes up. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. It will satisfy us if you'll just show us the Father that you keep talking about. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the very work's sake. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son." If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you shall know that I am in my my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him, or I will show myself to him. And so in these uh, these verses, and I could continue reading on there and finish out the chapter 14, I would encourage you to do that on your own, but in these verses there's a lot packed into here, and Jesus is showing his disciples things to come, and the first thing that he says is that he is going to depart, and they don't understand that quite yet. Of course, looking back in history now, we do understand that Jesus was going to go and die on the cross, but in verse 3 he says, and if I go... And prepare a place for you, I will come again. And so he's talking about going. And also in verse 28, I haven't read that yet, it's a little bit later in the chapter, he says, You have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. And so he tells the disciples where he's going. He says, I'm leaving you, and he says, I'm going to my Father. And over in another book here in the, in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, um, it says in Hebrews 1, verse 3, that he, that Jesus, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. And so when he ascended up into heaven, Jesus sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. So we can, we can already answer the question, where is Jesus? Right now, Jesus is with the Father. And Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the majesty on high. And the right hand is the position of authority in the place of privilege. And Jesus uh, is sitting there with the Father in authority. And what is he doing? He's waiting. We'll see a little bit more about what he's waiting for in just a few moments. But the first thing we see is his departure. And the second thing we see is that he promises, th- promises his disciples spiritual power. When he leaves, these disciples who are going to become apostles will have spiritual power. And that's in verse 12. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works then these shall he do, because I go to my Father. And so Jesus was going to empower his disciples, and I believe their disciples and their disciples, all Christians, empower them uh, to do the work of God, but really the disciples in a greater way, these apostles who were tasked with founding the church. And so they would get the spiritual power they needed Um, to go out and perform this daunting task of founding the Christian church. And then furthermore, we see that they have the promise of answered prayer. And this is in verses 13 and 14. He says, And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. And so Jesus here, with a very comforting promise, when you ask for things, if you do it in my name, in my name means with the agency of Jesus. In other words, you're not out there uh, on your own just asking requests of God, you're doing it in connection with Jesus Christ. And he says, when you do it that way, you you will get what you ask for. He says, I will answer your prayers. So here's here's another comforting thing. They have spiritual power. They will have answered prayers. A third and very important thing that Jesus says is he will not leave them alone. And very shortly, the disciples were going to feel utterly, totally alone. Uh, Jesus would uh, die on the cross and be put in the grave, and all their hope that they had placed in Jesus. They did not yet understand his resurrection, they didn't understand his ascension. They saw their their hope go up like a puff of smoke and uh, their hope was gone. And uh, they I think they wondered, you know, what what's going to happen next? And Jesus comforts them before they have to reach that moment. And he says, "I'm not going to leave you alone." He says, "I have to leave and go to my Father, but I'm not going to leave you alone." And so in verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. And here he identifies this comforter who will come. He says, another comforter. You know, Jesus spoke many comforting things, and Jesus was a comfort to his disciples. And, and when he leaves, he's going to send another comforter to be with and to comfort the disciples, and he tells us who this is. He says, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. So he's saying here he's going to give them the promise of the Holy Spirit, and this is crucial. Um, This is uh, the defining characteristic of people who are here on earth while Jesus Christ is in heaven. We can have a connection with God and a connection with Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit, because even though Jesus isn't here bodily among us, his Holy Spirit is. And of course, we can't see the Spirit... But we know when we have the Holy Spirit, and this is what Jesus says. He says, the world cannot receive the Spirit because it seeth him not. And so the world at large does not receive the Holy Spirit. Many people will scoff and laugh, and I'll get some people scoffing at this video, at this podcast, because they just cannot fathom uh, a Holy Spirit that they cannot see. And he says, the world cannot receive him because it does not see him and does not know him. And so unbelievers have not seen the Holy Spirit. They don't know the Holy Spirit. They cannot experience the Holy Spirit. And so they scoff and they laugh. But Jesus said, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. He's with them right now in the person of Jesus. But when Jesus ascends and goes to his father, This Holy Spirit, this Comforter, will come and dwell in them. As I said, this is the defining characteristic of what it means to be the people of God at this time when Jesus is in heaven with his Father. This is the defining characteristic of what it means to be a Christian. All those who belong to God have the Holy Spirit living in them. And so there are only two kinds of people as concerns God here on this earth, those who have the Holy Spirit, those who belong to him, and those who don't. And uh, over in uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, we see how we receive the Holy Spirit. And the Apostle Paul said here in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, He's, he's talking to Christians in the city of Ephesus, and he says, "...in whom," this is Jesus, Jesus Christ, "...in whom you also trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is the earnest of our inheritance." until the redemption of the purchased possession, unto the praise of his glory. So Paul tells us very clearly here in Steps how one becomes a Christian. One hears the gospel, we hear the word of truth, the gospel of our salvation, and after we hear, we believe. And once we believe, we receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who is promised to us. And that Holy Spirit becomes, he seals us as the people of God. And he becomes to us an earnest or a down payment of the inheritance. So an, an inheritance is something that is promised to us that we have not yet received. And so we have, as Christians and disciples of Christ, we have promised to us a home in heaven, but we're not there yet. We're not experiencing it yet. We have not yet received our inheritance. But we do have a down payment of that in the form of the Holy Spirit who indwells us. And so, you know, there are a lot of people today claiming to be spiritual people. And I'm sure there are a lot of people claiming to have the Holy Spirit. They're not into organized religion or anything like that, but you know they'll tell you they're spiritual and uh, they have the Holy Spirit, but there's only one way to get the Holy Spirit, and it's to believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's to hear, it's to trust in it and believe in it, and when you do, God places that mark on you and gives you the indwelling Holy Spirit. Uh, to tell you and to mark you out as one of his own. And so this is a blessed promise that Jesus is promising his disciples here. He's saying, when I leave, I'm going to send this other comforter, uh, the Holy Spirit, to be with you. Right now he's among you, but after I leave, he will actually be in you. And the world cannot receive him, because they don't see him, they don't know him, but He dwells in you, and or he dwells with you, and he will be in you. And so we have the promise of the Holy Spirit. And then yet another comforting promise, in verse 27, we have the promise of peace. In verse 27, Jesus said, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you, Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so he says, let not your heart be troubled. You know, he said that at the beginning of the chapter. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then here in verse 27, he says, let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid, because I'm giving you my peace. And that doesn't mean that we're always going to have outward peace. There are Christians in Ukraine right now who aren't at peace, and uh, who are in harm's way and living uh, under terrible conditions. And that's not what Jesus meant when he said, My peace I leave with you. I think what he means is the inner peace that we have. We have peace with God. We may not always have peace with people around us, but as Christians, with the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit, we can have peace with God. And, you know, that is going to work peace in our lives, generally with people around us, maybe not always, but we, we generally have peace with other people, and we always have peace with God because of the Comforter who came. And so this is a blessed promise that Jesus gives us. And then lastly, we have the promise of his return, that he is coming back. And I go back to verse 3 for that. He said, "'If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself.'" that where I am, there you may be also. And what we have right here is the promise that Jesus right now is preparing a home for us. And uh, if you are a disciple of Christ, if you have trusted him uh, for salvation, uh, then he is right now preparing a home for you in heaven. And uh, he will give you um, a home uh, there with him and with the Father someday. And that's the hope that we have. And he says, when I'm ready, I'm going to come. I'm coming back, and I'm going to get you. I'm going to fetch you and bring you to this home that I have prepared for you. We see the same thing in Acts chapter 1 at Jesus' ascension. Remember after Jesus rose up from the dead, he appeared to his disciples and showed them that he was really alive, and he said, uh, well, he led them out to Jerusalem And uh, led them up to the Mount of Olives and uh, and in their very sight ascended up into heaven. And as he went up into the clouds, Acts chapter one tells us that there were two angels standing there. And it says, And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold two men stood by them in white apparel, who which also said to them, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? this same Jesus which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven and so you saw him lift up and go up into heaven and in the same way that he went up he's coming back down he's coming bodily out of heaven and he's going to touch foot on this earth he is coming back and uh, I'll deal with that uh, in more much more detail in a future episode. But here we have the promise of the Lord's return. And uh, he's getting ready to return and reign in power here on this earth. And so John 14 is packed full of promises, and it tells us what's going on. Uh, in, in the meantime, it's believers who have the promise of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? The Holy Spirit can be yours. You can have peace with God. And Jesus said in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And Jesus said the way of salvation right now is through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That's because he died on the cross to pay for your sins and to be your sacrifice, to remove the offense, to remove all the guilt, The blood of his sacrifice washes away your sin and cleans the slate and makes you innocent before God. And therefore, you can have peace with God and you can live with God eternally without the fear of sin, without the fear of retribution or guilt or judgment or punishment. Uh, You can have peace with God. Simply place your trust in Jesus Christ and you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit And so Jesus is coming back, but in the meantime, be not troubled. Repent of your sins and trust him to save you. Believe in the risen Lord Jesus Christ and receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If you've done that, please let me know. I'd love to hear that. May God bless you.